I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington? Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm Patrick Henningsen, your host. Thank you for rejoining us for this final segment of Overdrive. Basil Valentine on hiatus. We might catch up to him midweek on TNT, today's news talk on uh, Tuesday or Thursday. So check us out for uh, alerts there. We usually put those out in Telegram and Twitter uh, before, before those programs. And amazing segment. I mean, what a great interview with Patrick Wood. Uh, I don't know about you, but that was uh, that was tremendous. Uh, really, we're really pleased about how that went, and um, uh, we really thank Patrick for his time. Very generous with his time to spend that much time sitting down with me to talk about his work, his books, and again, there's links on the show page to his Substack. He's serializing his new book on transhumanism. Check that out, and also links to uh, his other books, his classics, Technocracy Rising. You'll find them all on all the major booksellers, and I'm going to say that's required reading, really, uh, if you're watching or listening to any of our, our programming at 21 wire ACR, uh, it's really required reading. So, um, I hope you can uh, catch up and uh, check out Patrick's work there. Now, uh, we're going to introduce Clive DeCarl in, in just a minute before we do that. Uh, again, you heard the, uh, the, the bumper over the break, uh, and want to thank everybody who subscribed, uh, became a member at 21 wire.tv. That's one way you can support this independent media outlet, this platform on a monthly basis, uh, we rely on our subscribers. They're really the engine that keeps this operation going. We've got a number of other people that are helping us in, in our endeavors. I'll give a shout out to some of our affiliate sponsors in a minute. But those of you subscribed uh, to 21Wire.tv on various membership tiers, whatever you can afford, it is most appreciated. Uh, We are very much a listener-funded media outlet. And I want to give a big shout out to a couple of our affiliate sponsors. You'll probably see the ads for Surfshark. This is a top-tier VPN, which is offering some incredible deals, especially if you sign up for a long-term program on them. Look, they've got an incredible app. They've got double hop servers. You can basically be invisible online with Surfshark. And we've checked out all of the major VPNs, all the best ones. And they seem to be on balance right now, seem to have the best uh, the best uh, spread of the combination of services, usability, user experience, all of that into one, uh, plus very effective anti-spying uh, uh, measures that they're offering there for the users. Uh, the encryption is excellent. All of these things together mean that we're 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 saying Surfshark right now is is a good a good deal for a VPN, and we rec- recommend everybody get one. Not only that, one account, the whole house gets an account. So I I don't need to really spell it out anymore to you. That's basically, you get one subscription, the whole family is on Surfshark, every device. So that's that's a pretty good deal. So anyway, check out Surfshark, click on the link, and if you do subscribe, that also helps us out at 21st Century Wire. You get a great product and you help us in the process. The other one is New Dawn Magazine. New Dawn has got an f- amazing issue out called the Epsilon Agenda. And anyone who's looked at New Dawn has held the print edition. They're collector's items. Every single edition is a collector's item. I wrote a COVID piece in this latest edition. Some people said it's one of the most hard-hitting pieces I've written on COVID. Uh, New Dawn has run it totally uncensored. Uh, They just took it as it was. It's pretty hardcore. Um, Yeah, I was kind of shocked reading back at my writing. Maybe it was too many late nights putting that draft together. You write some crazy things late at night, but it all came out really nicely in the wash 
with New Dawn. So that's among the articles in this latest one. Check out New Dawn, either digital or print subscription. Everybody that has gotten into New Dawn is very, very happy with it. We don't have anybody that's not blown away by this magazine and the diversity of topics in there. So New Dawn is a great supporter of 21st Century Wire. And so we want to send back the love to New Dawn Magazine based in Australia. Great crew down there. They're absolutely truth warriors, totally into free speech, and will defend it to the hilt. That's what type of people are behind New Dawn. So you want to support them and you support us uh, in the process. And our other affiliate sponsor, who needs no introduction, is on the line with us now. He is a natural health advocate, Clive DeCarl. He's got an amazing online shop. We've got links to it on our show page, plus all around our website. Clive DeCarl's online shop is a place you need to go and see what's on offer. Check out Clive through the link, through our banner links. And if you do see anything you like, that's one way you can also help us in the process. We'll get a little bit of help from Clive on the back end there as part of our affiliate sponsorship with Clive. And he's got a great range of products, probably among the best you will find in this space. Clive, we're going to welcome you on the line. We've got a special session lined up today, a live Q&A with listeners and audiences. Questions are already flowing in. But before that, how are you? We haven't spoken for a while, Clive. Yeah, I'm great. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, everything's good apart from the world going crazy. The world. <laughs> so everyone seems to be talking about that, Clive. Have you got a uh, any advice for the world going crazy before we get into more hardcore health matters? Well, I, I do, really. Um, uh, what I don't understand is why the Bradbury Pound, the idea of the Bradbury Pound, hasn't taken off. I mean, I remember UK Column talking about it 10 years ago. Uh, with Justin Walker, and it's such a brilliant idea because while I'm, you might say in the nicest possible way, an anarchist, I don't believe that we should have any government whatsoever, um, most people can't accept that as a notion. So if government is going to continue to exist, then like Henry Ford said, whatever, 1909 or whatever it was, that if people understood the banking system, that there'd be a revolution before lunchtime. And if people understood what the Bradbury Pound was and could be again, I, I don't see any reason why the entire financial calamity that, that is going around the world right now couldn't be overcome if governments printed their own money without interest. It's happened before, the greenback dollar, with, you know, Lincoln funded the Civil War by printing, printing money outside of the banking system. And you know, we're obviously the whole world is enslaved by the banking system. I mean, why don't UK Common, for instance, talk about the Bradbury Pound? Uh, they used to promote it uh, a lot. I mistake videos. There's lots of content on their website. But as of recent, I haven't seen a whole lot in that uh, department. And uh, I wonder if that has anything to do with the rise of cryptocurrencies in recent years. I'm not sure if that's a competing idea or not. But what, you, what you're talking about is money printed outside of the private central bank cartel which is an international cartel of private central banks with the Bank of International Settlements at the top, U.S. Federal Reserve right there next to them, and everybody else, the Bank of England and everybody else coalescing around that uh, cartel. They're printing the money, lending it to the governments uh, at, at compound interest to ensure that the money will lose value over time. And we have things like inflation, uh, for instance, is part, partly uh, fueled by that process. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely a discussion that needs to happen. Our fear, however, Clive, is that the establishment already have their Bradbury pound. It's called the central bank digital currency. And they're waiting in the wings to 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 offer that as a solution on a sil nice, shiny silver salva uh, in the wake of the controlled demolition of the current fiat money system. This is our biggest fear right now. And so this is what we're warning about uh, at, at present. But, yeah, the, the, the Bradbury concept would certainly be a remedy, um, at least in the short term. It could stabilize um, a very dire situation for a lot of people. It won't fix the spiraling cost of energy. Of course, that's, that's because of a fake energy middleman market that was put in after Enron in 2000. But it would help in terms of bringing some strength and uh, power and accountability back to the money supply 
uh, within a democratic context rather than uh, the, the private central bank cartel that fixed prices and interest rates, as we know. Um, that's that's a huge problem that's been going on for, you know, well, at least a century to begin with. But the fuel costs here in England are insane. I mean, uh, you, you know how it works. They, they warned everybody that fuel costs would go up 400%. And then when they only double them, everybody's really happy because it's not four times as much, it's only double. And I mean, now <clears throat> the price of oil a year ago is roughly half what it is now for a barrel, yet the price of petrol at the pumps was double. So now petrol's, barrels of oil are half price, petrol's still incredibly expensive. We produce all our own gas apart from 5%, I think, in England from the North Sea, yet we're being fleeced and told that, well, suddenly energy's gone up. Well, as you say, I mean, it's just, it's totally false, totally fictitious. And I'm just so sorry for the the people who can't seem to grasp very, very simple, obvious facts. I mean, the brainwashing, the hypnosis of the British people, I think probably the most people worldwide, is astonishing. You know, how people can, you know, their brother, their child's just dropped down dead from a mystery disease and they refuse to even con contemplate that it could be the vaccine that's done it. It's, it's remarkable. These these are remarkable times, uh, Clive. We're seeing things that um, we would laugh at years ago and say, you know, how stupid can people be not to see the obvious? But we're surrounded by the obvious right now. And a lot of people have their heads buried in the sand because they don't want to face the, the scale of the problem, certainly after the this mass global vaccine rollout. I say vaccines, but you know what I'm talking about. Experiment, yeah. Experimental gene therapy jabs, but we'll use the term vaccine as a, a familiar marker for people. But yeah, that's that's there's a level of cognitive dissonance now. That blanket is thick and wide, unfortunately. So that's, that's a big challenge. I'm sure that you're facing this issue, this very issue that we're talking about. You're facing that probably a lot. I'm sure you've got a lot of people getting in touch with you about this. Yes, generally the people who've discovered me would never have taken the vaccine in the first place, the vast majority of them. But I do get people ringing up saying their relative is, has got problems one way or another. And there's increasing evidence that it's getting worse and worse. Yes. Well, this this is going to go on for years, by the way. Uh, everybody who's listening, this problem is, is going to be a long, protracted issue. It's going to be a generational issue. We'll be talking about it like the children of thalidomide. Thalidomide. I don't know what I'm developing a, a lisp. I think I've been going to Tesco too much, Clive. But, yeah, that's good. Yes, Clive. <laughs> so, look, we'll turn now to... What we wanted to do was a live question and answer session with our listeners, with the audience. So if it's okay for you, Clive, we are getting questions fed in here at 21st Century Wire. Also, Hesher is fielding questions at the ACR Discord server and chat rooms as well. What we're going to do, Clive, is cherry pick what we think are some of the more interesting questions. And we're going to send them your way for a kind of uh, impromptu Q&A session, if that's okay. That's ideal. Perfect. Okay, so we'll, we'll go into the 21st century uh, wire chat right now. And uh, I'm going to, I found a few interesting questions from our listeners uh, here. And yeah, here's, here's a good one. This is a practical question, Clive. I think a lot of people need a little basics on vitamin C. Uh, how do we calculate how much absorbic acid, i.e. vitamin C, that we need to take uh, per serving uh, during the day? Well, it's individual, the answer to that. Um, I've been using vitamin C myself in a serious manner for maybe 15 or so years. And what prompted me to start taking it was I was getting some visual deterioration. And at that point, I was taking maybe about four or five grams, which is like about a teaspoonful, twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, because... Vitamin C only lasts about half a day in the body, so taking it twice would be a good thing. Now, for many people, taking a whole spoonful of vitamin C at one time would be a disaster because it would end them up with diarrhea. And so what most people do is they maybe start with 
you know, I'm talking about pure powder. I wouldn't recommend vitamin C that's in tablets or any other form, but pure powder. And I would recommend people would start with, let's say, an eighth of a teaspoonful, which would be the equivalent of about a gram uh, in water, and try that. And if everything's great, then they could try half a teaspoonful, which would be about two, two and a half grams. And so, as I say, myself, I can probably take 10 grams at once and be fine, but many people can't take more than two. So, um, so I've been taking vitamin C pretty regularly, not every day, but pretty regularly for about 15 years. And then about four months ago, I decided, right, I'm going to stop the vitamin C and see what happens. Now, um, two things happened. The first thing I noticed was I started bruising very easily. And um, when I started back on the vitamin C, uh, the bruising just stopped. And bruising for me, because I've been type 1 diabetic for about 38 years, um, my, you know, with, with diabetes, long-term type 1 anyway, uh, the blood vessels get sort of fragile. And so I was getting burst blood vessels essentially on my hands, particularly if I knocked myself hard. And... Um, Within, I would say, 24, 48 hours, uh, all the existing broken blood vessels and uh, bruising had disappeared. Um, so it's, it's powerful stuff. And the first time I ever saw vitamin C used was uh, 35 grams a day given to somebody with terminal cancer who then lived another 20 years and didn't die from cancer. So it's experimentation. If anybody wants to join the Secret Health Club, there are many videos there because my dad, um, who got to 96, he kept on getting pneumonia. And I kept on telling him that vitamin C will reverse the symptoms known as pneumonia, but he wouldn't believe me. So I started interviewing medical doctors on that subject. So I've got a number of different medical doctors, all confirming that for 60 years, they've known that pneumonia can be reversed with vitamin C. Um, Going back before the discovery of vitamin C, <clears throat> I've got a medical textbook from, I think, 1915, uh, where they were using diathermy, you know, the Tesla devices to reverse uh, pneumonia. And this was taught as standard to doctors before the advent of drugs. Okay. That, that, thank you, Hadrian Collider in the 21 Wire uh, chat for that. And I got one more, and then we're gonna I'm gonna punt over to Hesher at ACR. Um, but this one has to do with with hands and skin, Clive. Uh, the question is from Holly in the 21 Wire chat. She's saying, uh, my hands and the soles of my feet, which flare up, get very itchy, dry, and then skin cracks and splits appear. It's very painful. Doesn't get affected by diet, it seems. So she thinks. Uh, I take various things. She's mag, mag mix, uh, D3, selenium, um, could be stress. I'm a decorator. I work with the various materials and that, that are in decorating. So potentially years of abuse. What, what do you think? What do you suggest? Well, despite them saying that diet isn't part of it, I would suspect it probably is. People with cracked heels may have a deficiency of one or two different things. Um, magnesium deficiency may be part of it. And if she's taking, what do you say, some mag blend or mag plus or something? Mag mix, mag mix. Mag, mag mix. Well, often the cheap, poor suppliers of minerals often do a mixture of magnesium and calcium. And I don't recommend that. Maybe 1% of people are low on calcium, but very few are, but most are deficient in magnesium. Uh, it may be that this person um, is just missing one food group. It may be that they need some fermented foods, you know, to get the probiotic, the live probiotic bacteria, um, so that they're digesting the food. You know, we can eat great food. doesn't mean we're getting the goodness out of it necessarily. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, what else could the cracked heels be? Um if it were poisoning from the materials that she's ingesting, breathing in, then again, vitamin C is fantastic as a detoxification agent, as is charcoal. 
uh, not the activated charcoal. You can't take that more than once a week. But regular charcoal, I saw it on my website called C60 Charcoal. Charcoal sucks in toxins and then you can poo them out. Um, I think there's a great website that's worth looking at for her, which is called earthclinic.com. And uh, one of the first things, if she looks up cracked heels, we'll talk about the acid alkali balance in the body. And it may be that taking some apple cider vinegar, unpasteurized raw apple cider vinegar um, before a meal with water might give them the extra ability to digest food better. But I recommend to anybody, if they don't know what to do, they could join the Secret Health Club and figure it out that way. Or earthclinic.com is a really valuable research tool um, which talks mainly about diet as the solutions and, and some supplements. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that uh, question. I think that was from Holly in the 21 hour chat. Now, Hesher, uh, what, what are you saying coming through your feeds right now? All right. Uh, I got one from Matt on our Instagram channel. He says, can Clive recommend a collagen blend, which would be best for joint hair uh, and nail health and for post-workout as well. And as a follow-up, he wonders if bone broth is an adequate source of collagen, if not supplementing. Right. Well, uh, yes, I do feel that uh, bone broth is, is a good way of getting collagen. That's, I think, how our ancestors would have probably got it. Um, just want to add one more thing to the cracked heels. Now, it may be that person's got a zinc deficiency. It, zinc deficiency could be white spots on fingernails. It can be the inability to heal, loss of taste or smell. Zinc's a very interesting one. You know, inability to heal properly could be vitamin C deficiency, but it could equally be zinc deficiency. And the research now shows that 40% of people in general are low on zinc, um, which is quite a lot of people. I've got a, a zinc blend, uh, which has some selenium and copper in it as, as a, like a balancing factor and your your lady with the cracked heels might want to conceit try that um so as far as uh, collagen is concerned uh, about 30 years ago i was reading one of dr wallach's books where he wrote that the the fda wanted to make chicken feet soup a drug because it was reversing arthritis and back pain and so on. And if you can imagine chicken feet, they, they're nothing but muscles and tendons and sinews. And so people who want collagen, if they like chicken feet soup, it, it is very, very cheap. They throw the chicken feet away, but pretty much, you know, you could go to a butcher. And, but you want to make sure it's pasture raised. You want to make sure it's all, you know, it's natural and isn't poisoned with stuff. So that would be the primary way to do it. It's full of glutamine. You know, for the gut, um, bone broth doesn't have to be chicken feet soup. It could, could be any type of bones. I mean, if you get the big beef bones like marrow bones, you know, our ancestors might have simmered those for 48 hours you know, until the whole thing is virtually dissolving. And it's because we're not eating the food that our ancestors ate that most people got these problems in the first place. I mean, our ancestors... If they'd grown an animal, looked after an animal, they were—they probably knew it by name. They would have put a lot of lot of effort in, and they wouldn't have wasted it. You know, they—if there were bones left, they would have used them. And I know a couple of cases where incredible recoveries have happened with broth. So the first one that comes to mind uh, is my friend Dr. Jennifer Daniels. She'd been vegan for years and years and years. Um, she was getting weaker and weaker because she wasn't getting the nutrition that she should be getting. And one day she can't get out of bed. And um, her intuition kicked in and told her calves liver. She's got a maid, she lives in Panama. She sends out for calves liver. And by the end of the day, she's out of bed feeling a lot better. She'd had super nutrition. Your know, calves liver is full of vitamin A. It's full of zinc. It's full of all the all copper, all the great things to be healthy. And the carnivore would always kill the uh, 
the animal and eat the liver first. That's the primary for most carnivores. But then she told me a story about this woman. Her, the, she got a call from a family and the family said, look, you've got to keep mum alive for the next eight days. She's in hospital with a coma. They think she's going to die within 48 hours. But you've got to keep her alive for at least eight days because if so, she inherits $700,000. But she's got to be alive to inherit. So there's mum in a hospital. They're not going to allow you to give mum supplements in a hospital. That's, they just won't do that unless you scream and shout. They probably still won't do it. So what do you do? So it's again, Dr. Jet Daniels telling this story. She said, well, what she told them was get the best vegetables you can find and simmer them gently to a mush and then strain the mush through some cotton or some muslin until you've got clear liquid. And, you know, after five hours of cooking, it's going to be quite condensed and strong. So she said, prop mum up in bed and get half a spoonful. You know, when they're in a coma, they're still breathing and swallowing. So try and spoon in half a spoonful of the vegetable broth uh, until it, it's all gone. Anyway, uh, mum lived another two years. You know, mega nutrition. And if anybody's ill, you know, if you can get mega nutrition, which might involve, you know, simmering those bone broths for 48 hours until it's really powerful, doing the same with vegetable or both at once, um, it's amazing how many people are unable normally to get the nutrition out of the food. You know, we've got a hollow tube going in the mouth and coming out the other end. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to, the food that you're eating is going to go in and then get, get used properly. Okay. I don't know whether that answers the uh, collagen question. Hopefully it does. Okay, that was good. That was an excellent one. Uh, this is this next one's from Deborah Harris. She's in the 21 Wire live chat. She's saying, I have a client who is 68 and is in a wheelchair with MS, multiple sclerosis. Uh, I would love to know if at this late stage, is there anything I can get him to take? He was diagnosed in 1988 and took to a wheelchair 10 years ago. Uh, very bright man, uh, still has the banter with me, uh, but I would love to see this man get out of the wheelchair, she says, Clive. I'm a cleaner and housekeeper uh, environment, I guess. So I think what she's saying there, Clive, late stage MS, diagnosed a long time ago in a wheelchair, 10 years. Is there anything, anything that she can give him to help improve his condition? Okay, I've seen a number of different uh, procedures help. By the time they're in a wheelchair, they're not going to expect to get up and be dancing next week. However, there's every reason to suppose they can make things a lot better. Now, um, uh, I'm not going to say it's easy. Uh, when I was working with a medical doctor some 20 years ago, um, I watched him treat... Uh, somebody with MS uh, using basically antibacterials. He was using antibiotics, which, which I don't like. Antibiotics ended up me in hospital and made me type 1 diabetic, so I'm not a fan. However, I saw it work. And so he said, look, not all MS is the same. Just because somebody's diagnosed with this, these set of symptoms doesn't mean that they've all got the same thing. Anyway, so we kept an eye on this guy and he went from really being quite shaky and, you know, it looked like he was drunk all the time. He wasn't in a wheelchair, but, you know, he staggered about. Anyway, uh, I watched the doctor fix him with a, a ridiculous amount of antibiotics. I would have said a dangerous amount of antibiotics, but he got better. Anyway, anybody with MS listening to this should not take this next section personally. Two years later... The doctor rings me up and says, he's, the MS has come back. I said, really? Well, why? What, what do you think has happened? He said, oh, it's simple. Um, I said, anybody with MS, don't take this as a personal thing. Um, the doctor said, oh, well, he's got together with his old girlfriend again from two years before, and he's having anal sex, and he's got the bacterial infection back, and he's got the symptoms of MS again. So what we did this time was we employed somebody with a tested device to treat him twice a week for an hour. And that worked fairly well. But the problem was, and I've noticed this with MS patients, he hardly had any windows in his apartment and he didn't really go out. 
he was getting no sunshine, no sunshine. And I think a vitamin D deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, and probably a vitamin K2 deficiency also had a major part to play because he, he wasn't going outside. Now, other things that I've seen work, uh, few and far between, to be honest. Um, some people get results with frequency devices, but not all. Some people get uh, results with um, hydrogen devices. On the Secret Health Club, I've got a page about MS, but it it is difficult. But I would certainly look at it as a possible bacterial infection and treat that with vitamin C, treat that with uh, selenium. I mean, there are a whole host of antivirals out there. I'm sorry, antibacterials, I meant. Uh, you know, anything that people call a viral infection. Um, I don't believe that viruses exist, by the way. I believe that what it is is poisoning. So and imagine somebody was poisoned. Well, what would the body do if somebody who's been poisoned? Well, it probably give you the shits. It would probably make you throw up. You might start sweating and sweating the poisons out. You might come out in spots, boils. You know, all sorts of things can happen if you're poisoned. But the body really will do its best to get rid of it. And it may be that you're running a high temperature because the body may feel that high temperature is the best way to sort of burn off whatever it is, bacteria or whatever. And um, so I think we're being poisoned with the chemtrails and 5G and the water. I think we're being hit from every front. The genetically modified foods aren't helping or, you know, all of that. And I think what people believe is a viral infection is straight poisoning. Mm. Yeah, I was going to wade into the uh, terrain and the, the germ theory later, but uh, I think you kind of answered that question right there. So that was excellent. Uh, Hesher, uh, over to your, your side of the woods. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this one, this one is from 2-6 in the Boiler Room Discord at alternatecurrentradio.com. Uh, how bad is vegetable oil and are animal fats as dangerous as they say um and how do stints how do uh statins fit in with serious health issues uh with regard to like vegetable oils causing oxidative stress um on cells and affecting atp production in mitochondria um and two six also is pointing out we haven't eaten vegetable oils before uh, the year 1911, and now they're in almost everything. So what, what can you say to, to that one? Okay, it started before 1911. 1851, they started telling people that cotton cottonseed oil was safe, and that's when it really started. And you can see from the records that the doctors kept how suddenly cancer and heart attacks suddenly appeared, you know, out of sort of nowhere. I need to add something about the MS previously. What doctors don't know, because they've got the wrong numbers to do tests with, is if somebody's got a vitamin B12 deficiency and it can take 10 years longer of not eating animal products, for instance, uh, to get a vitamin B12 deficiency, which is why most vegans end up weak at the end. But uh, a B12 deficiency can mimic MS. B12 deficiency can absolutely look just like multiple sclerosis. It can also look like dementia, it can also look like Alzheimer's, and it can also mimic Parkinson's. So anybody with any of those needs to start looking at a good type of B12. There's one called hydroxocobalamin. In, in the States, there's a company called Perk, P-E-R-Q-U-E, who do a sublingual one, which is very, very, very good. And so B12 deficiency, if somebody's not eating a lot of meat and not taking a supplement like um, natto extract, which has K2 in it as well, uh, they're going to end up in trouble. So that's super important, B12 and probably B6. And if you're doing B vitamins, you want to do a, a general B vitamin supplement as well. And brewer's yeast is a great, inexpensive, natural form of B vitamins, but brewer's yeast doesn't have B12 in it. You've got to do B12 separately. So that might help a lot of people. As far as the vegetable oils, I mean, I think clearly the person asking the question knows the answer, that vegetable oils when they're manufactured by big factories are not safe. I mean, I've got um, a seed grinder and I paid about 60 bucks for it. 
in retrospect, I wish I'd got an electric one. But if you like exercise, it's quite good arm exercise to crank the handle. And what you do is you get like a candle and the candle just heats up the metal machinery of the grinder, which eases, which, well, which makes the oil in the sunflower seeds or pumpkin seeds or whatever your sesame seeds, whatever you're grinding, a little bit more warm and runny. And you can cold press, essentially it's warm, but it's not hot. You can cold press oil. And, you know, I quite like pumpkin seed oil. It's okay. But the first time I ground it for myself and had it fresh, you know, like that minute, oh my God, it tasted incredible. I was shocked at the difference between fresh and fresh in a bottle. I was really surprised. But in the factory, they usually take something like a 20-ton press and heat the seeds up so the oil is really flowing out and they squeeze every last drop of sunflower oil out. But in the process, they're ruining the oil. You know, it's no longer healthy as a cold-pressed one would be. So, you know, people who are eating spreads, the easy spread butter, for instance, well, that's mixed usually with rapeseed oil, which when I was young used to be considered great for oiling machines, but you'd never give it to a human being. So people are eating rapeseed oil, canola, genetically modified oils. Um, the only safe oils, in my opinion, are from animals that have been reared properly, you know, not in a feed lot or something. And, I mean, our ancestors used to use dripping lard, butter, you know, and uh, cream and fat used to be considered the cream of the crop, the fat of the land, you know. And our brains are made of cholesterol. Our brains are made of fat, amongst other things. And so anybody who's eating no real cholesterol-rich foods like eggs, animal fats, fish fats, cheeses, avocados, olive oil, if they're eating margarine, fake spreads, these processed oils out of bottles in supermarkets, you know, prior to all these fake oils, uh, Alzheimer's and dementia didn't exist. There was the village idiot, but that was something else. But people suffering from brain disease, they get older, did not exist. It's the oils. And most processed foods, even some bread and stuff, is made with these crap oils. And um, it would be great if people woke up to that one. I mean, you know, what the doctors do is they say, oh, you've got high cholesterol, you need statins. But you see, because your body would never go wrong, your body would never let you down, but it can take actions that don't seem to make sense. So let's say that eating all these seed oils made in, in, in a poor way are now deteriorating your blood vessels and your arteries. So now your blood vessel and your arteries are weaker than they should be. The body, as an internal bandage, will line the arteries with cholesterol, literally to stop, stop you dying from burst blood vessels, burst arteries and stuff. So the doctors observe this. They, they observe the fact that cholesterol is building up in the arteries. And because they don't know what they're talking about, they say, oh, the cholesterol is the problem. No, it's not. So they give statins to dissolve the cholesterol, lower the numbers, and they work from that. Yes, your numbers go down, but people go blind, their liver fails, kidney fails. Men lose the ability to have an erection. A whole host of disasters happen with statins. In England, I think the figure is over 11 million out of about 70-something million people. 11 million are on statins. That's loads of the old people. And the, the doctors don't know the damage they're doing because they're poorly educated. And the people taking them think they're doing a good thing. It's desperately sad. Wow. Yeah, I got a lot to say about statins, um, maybe for another conversation, because that's a big one. They're promoting those every day on the front of every newspaper, practically, of just everywhere you look. It's statins, statins, statins. But and when I was doing research on statins about 15 years ago, uh, the chief researcher for the NHS in England was actually an American guy. And he's on record saying um, a 30-minute walk or... Some good antioxidants are just as good as satins. 
a 30-minute walk or some light gardening. And I know I'm quoting him accurately. Um, yeah. Well, and, and when you say liver, it, everything that's connected to the liver, Clive, could get affected, including the pancreas, including the kidneys. Uh, it's all one system, isn't it? Let me send you something else that's also linked, because it's all one system. The kidneys, the gallbladder, the liver, they're all one system. So some people get gallstones. Some people have their gallbladder removed. Mm. Why? Because they're not eating enough fat. So if you're eating natural fat, you know, cheese, eggs, whatever, then the gallbladder has something to do to create bile, and bile dissolves oils. But if you're not eating natural fats, you're eating these fake oils, then what happens is that the gallbladder can get congested and blocked. And the doctors have got no clue. They just don't know this basic, simple fact. So the people who are getting gallbladder problems, not all, there are various different gallbladder problems, but a lot of the stones are caused uh, by the bile just getting stuck in, in the gallbladder and it builds up and then blocks blocks the gallbladder and it's very painful, massively painful. Kidney stones, gallstones, you know, there are very few pains like it. I had somebody come to see me a few years ago and he was in excruciating pain and I tried what I normally do to get people out of pain, nothing happened. So in the end I called an ambulance. So the ambulance arrived, two paramedics, they couldn't figure out what it was either. They called another ambulance. They couldn't figure out what it was. Uh, they called a third ambulance who took him to hospital, and it's kidney stones. That was what it was. Now, kidney stones don't have to be a medical problem. Let's say somebody does have kidney stones. There is a herb uh, in Spanish. It's called chanca piedra, chanca piedra, and chanca piedra translated means stone breaker and again yeah the doctors should have been taught this in medical school but you can't make money from chanca piedra it's way too cheap but, but, but an operation that's thousands well they were taught that clive before the flexner report and the rockefellers took over the medical schools uh in the united states and created big pharma as we know it today but that's another another tale for another day but uh we're just going to bring in another question here this is from max luna who sent this before the show after we tweeted the live q a was going to happen i sent these to you clive earlier as well and uh she's saying uh, i'm an older female my late 70s experiencing some brain fog some memory loss i've always had a great memory very sharp memory i'm concerned as i'm missing words uh, losing my train of thought more often, at least it seems so. Uh, what's causing it? What could help this problem? Okay, well, loads of things could be causing it from a smart meter to 5G to poisoning from the air. Who knows? But the big one is iodine deficiency. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've talked about this before, I think, that in Japan, there is no word for menopause because they get so much iodine in all the seaweed that most women in Japan don't get menopause or, or breast cancer. But as far as cognitive ability is concerned, it may be like a cholesterol, I mean, it could be that. But the most likely thing is uh, anybody who isn't thinking clearly, you know, let's say uh, they walk in a room and forget why they walked in or they can't remember where the car keys are, they're grasping for words and so on. They might have other symptoms. Those symptoms might be temperature out of control. You know, menopausal women who are low on iodine, they have huge um, temperature changes, you know, hot flushes and so on, which ends usually with iodine and selenium. Those two go together. Most people with dry skin have an iodine deficiency. People with hair loss probably have an iodine and selenium deficiency. Um, what else? Um, those, those are the main ones. And so the first thing to do would be to get some Lugol's iodine, and they can get it through the, your link. And it's ridiculously cheap. You know, $30 buys a year's worth, and they need to study how to take it. You want to... Iodine is very powerful. You know, they've been, doctors have been giving it for 200 years. Anybody who's got a thyroid problem will have an iodine deficiency. 
whether it's high, high thyroid, low thyroid, thyroid problems are, are a deficiency in iodine and very often a deficiency in selenium. And there are big chunks of the United States, for instance, where the selenium levels in the soil are really low. There are a couple of states where it's really high and others where it's low. So I think looking into iodine, you know, if, if they were to look at the iodine page on the Secret Health Club, there's lots of information there about how to take it. If they're not members, there's um, a brilliant um, video by Dr. Brownstein called Iodine, Why You Need It, Why You Can't Live Without It. That's brilliant. And um, there's another one by a Dr. Fletchass, which explains iodine so well. And I would suggest that probably 80% of everybody listening to this is going to be low on iodine. And if a woman who wants to have a healthy child is low on iodine, uh, the, if they're clinically low, even the doctors recognize it. It's called cretinism, where the child is born with mental deficiency. But even according to the British government, something like 40% of children in England are low on iodine, which means that 40% of the children are not as bright as they should be. Iodine is about IQ. It's about rapid memory recall. When I started, when I realized I was low on iodine and I started taking it, I noticed the difference right away within days. And a lot of people notice. Suddenly the dry skin ends, they're brighter, their memory is working, you know, the temperature balances itself out. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and uh, same listener, uh, just quickly, and uh, we'll go to Hesher in a minute. Um, uh, uh, a bleeding behind the ears, the soft skin that connects the back of the ear to the neck, uh, chronic bleeding and scabbing, it's been going on for years, doesn't heal very easily, pharmaceutical creams not working. This is a chronic, it's becoming a chronic condition. Uh, do you, do, are you familiar with this? Have you heard anything about it? And is there anything that can be done? Well, um, I had somebody some I don't know, 10, 15 years ago who had like eczema, a bit like what you're describing, all over their scalp. Uh, and I would imagine behind the ears as well. I'm not sure. I can't remember. However, I suggested to this guy that he should, number one, get a shower filter. It was on, it was on his head. So he took a shower every day. So he spent, I don't know, $10 and bought a shower filter. I then recommended iodine because skin anything with skin problems very high likelihood they're iodine deficient selenium uh let's say somebody's got dandruff for instance that's usually a selenium and iodine deficiency simple as that so uh fulvic minerals you know one bottle of fulvic minerals on my site will last four months and that one's better quality it's all about the quality there are so many people selling all the supplements we're talking about but most are in it for the money. They're not actually in it for the best possible. So fulvic minerals can be great. Is this person eating real sea salt, like Celtic salt? You know, if you're not repairing, well, you're either being toxically poisoned or you're nutrient deficient. And the idea that a drug from the doctor, you know, nobody's low on a pharmaceutical drug. It's ridiculous <laughs> to go down that route without first having looked at Am I poisoning myself? Am I detoxing it? And am I just deficient on some of these basic, basic things? And we're all deficient. I am. You know, even though I'm really scrupulous about what I eat, I still, there are a few things I have realized, like vitamin C, magnesium, iodine, which I do occasionally, selenium, just a few things that I, I'm better with them. You know, I can tell the difference. And, you know, I try to take as few supplements as I can. But quite often, people who come to me with health issues, for the first week, few days, week, month, I might say, look, I'm going to recommend four times, five times what I'd normally recommend just to boost your levels up. And, you know, often by giving really quite substantial doses, way more than almost anybody else I know recommends, I've had res results in one hour. You know, I've told you the story online before about my friend Crow, he had trigger finger. I told him live on air to take vitamin C and magnesium. He's had this tr trigger finger for years. He got um, a operation booked. His sister had just had the same operation and it fixed itself in one hour live on air. And we sold out of magnesium for 
for four months. <laughs> Sold a lot, couldn't get any more. So, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of people learning how to do it. You know, self-empowerment is about now. Right now, we all desperately need to be self-empowered, self-empowered food-wise, self-empowered in, in every way. I mean, here in England, lots of the restaurants and bars and cafes and so on say, well, we're not be able to stay open this winter because we won't be able to afford the, f- the fuel bill. We're going to have to double the prices of everything we sell and the people are already struggling. You know, <clears throat> we've got to rapidly try and develop some independence and health independence is crucial. Another thing worth bearing in mind for skin issues uh, is again, the Tesla devices. Um, uh, I've seen people who've gotten had an 80% result with uh, basically one treatment with when it comes to eczema. Again, this doesn't happen all the time, but if you pump in electrons, which the Tesla devices do, um, we run on electrons. We we are healed by electrons. Antioxidants are electron donors. You know, we're suffering from eating the wrong foods and getting damaged from free radicals, which is like oxidative, like us rusting. But things like vitamin C, selenium uh, are antioxidants and, you know, really positively anti-aging, I would say. Um, so, again, I know I keep pushing the Secret Health Club, but you know, because I don't do consultations anymore, what I have to say to people now is all the information that I used to teach, I've tried to put there in a simple A to Z form. But one thing that might interest people, uh, next month, I'm going to do a day's course. The, the first part of the day is to explain how I do diagnosis. Um, because people come to me, and what I've noticed over the last you know, 20 odd years or whatever, is that most people actually are low on the same things. We're pretty much all low on the same things. And I've learned what questions to ask to figure out what people are low on. I used to use machines, you know, expensive machines where I test your blood or I do this, do that, to work out what you're low on. But I don't use any of those machines anymore because it was simpler than I thought it was. There are a set of questions which you can ask and most people respond. You know, like the iodine questions I just mentioned. You know, if you've got dry skin, thinking problems, memory problems, you're suffering with uh, temperature control, that sort of thing, you're almost bound to be low on iodine, almost everybody is. So, so I'm going to do a day to try and self-empower people <clears throat> that they can recognize their own symptoms and then in the afternoon to talk about frequency devices. Um, we've got a current thing on the Secret Health Club because it costs about $100 to join, but we've got like, I think it's $2 or something just to be able to, to join the club. To join the club, you have to be in, in favor of total health freedom, total health freedom, which means that any people with malintent who are not in favor of total health free, freedom cannot join. And if they are looking without total health freedom, then they're trespassing and they're breaking all the rules. So, well, the only rule there is. So the idea is that people can join up to the Secret Health Club for next to nothing, um, agree to abide by the rule, and then we'll tell them what we... It's difficult to tell publicly. Mainly about the fact that Tesla, 130 years ago, developed tools, frequency devices that used to be used in hospitals and been taken out. But it's not, not like they don't exist. And myself and friends, we restore them, track them down and restore them. Uh, if anybody wants to look on Odyssey, there's, because um, I've been taken down off most of the other platforms, even BitChute sends to me and they're not meant to. But obviously I'm not on YouTube anymore. But on Odyssey, I've got two videos, just short clips that I put up recently. One of this lady, who um, had an eye infection so serious that her eye was sort of swelling inside and the ophthalmologist, she was in, under the, uh, the doctor in the hospital for a few days and they were giving her all the, those treatments but nothing was helping. And they told her that unless she took steroids and antibiotics probably for the next six months, she might lose her eye. So um, she wasn't prepared to do that. I lent, I lent her a machine, which I normally don't do, actually. It's only because I knew this lady. And um, 
she she got back from me, yeah, I think, late afternoon. And by the time she'd gone to bed, it was already a lot better. When she woke up, it was almost completely better. Um, you know, with, with a device that's uh, invented 130 years ago. That's, uh, we're, we're talking to Clive DeCar. We're doing a live uh, audience Q&A here uh, on the Sunday Wire. And there's a link. You just click on Clive's name. It'll take you to the Clive DeCar shop uh, where you'll find things like what we're talking about, information on the Tesla machine, uh, various supplements, great products. Uh, and that's one way you can support our platform is by shopping through our link uh, to Clive DeCar at 21st Century Wire. Hesher, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, we're probably going to wrap it up at the top of the hour. Hour, but uh, have you got anything good uh, you want to present to Clive? Uh, yeah, well, first off, Clive, thanks for joining us today and taking all the questions. And I'd like to underline what you just said. I've been in the Secret Health Club. There is great value inside the Secret Health Club. A lot of things to consider and a lot of information that is available, especially in the video collection. You know, a lot of the things that we cover on Sunday Wire you know, we have a compressed schedule and they're very deep and nuanced sort of subjects and you cover a lot of that stuff in the Secret Health Club. So I want to thank you for running the Secret Health Club and, um, you know, letting all of us out here at the Sunday Wire sort of have a peek on the inside here because I know that uh, what you do is it's, it's very detail-oriented and you're, um, you're, you, you said it and you mean it. I know you... Uh, you don't do this for the money. You do this to help people, and that's why your products are superior to most of the crap I see out there at the store. So just thank you for that. And everybody, of course, you can find those affiliate links on the show pages um, to get to Clive's Secret Health Club. Um, so, Clive, I got one that's kind of a follow-up to the earlier portion where you were talking about vitamin B here. Derpscan, uh, infamous in the uh, Boiler Room Discord over here, says, what do you think of B17? Is it true people say that it can combat cancer and other benefits? And then as far as sources, he was curious about apricot seeds in particular and if you would have to grind those yourself if you were going to go that route. Okay, well, um, an Acapulco a few years ago, I interviewed uh, Ed Griffin, who wrote the book on vitamin B17, laetrils are sometimes known as, I think in the 70s, and when he's now in his late 80s or something, the Red Pill Expo guy, and he's so fit, so bright. And uh, it appears to be absolutely true that vitamin B17 uh, is a good thing to reverse the symptoms known as cancer. And um, I used to sell it on my website. And then there was one small health food store that we were supplying in England who had the temerity to put a little sign saying, known to reverse cancer, and I, they threw him in jail and for that. And um, because it, the authorities are clamping down, have been, you know, the authorities hate vitamin B17, making it quite difficult to get often. So that's always a good sign. You know, when they don't want you to have it, usually means that it works. So um, you can buy apricot kernels. You know, if you take the, the stone from an apricot or a peach or others, you, you can smash them open inside the little kernel. Now, when you buy apricot kernels already opened like that, they tend to oxidize very quickly and they begin to taste like marzipan. Um, and I don't like that taste. So what I do is I go onto eBay or wherever you want to shop and I put in Hunza apricots, H-U-N-Z-A, Hunza apricots. Now Hunza apricots are a totally different variety of the apricots that we normally get. And I would say they're 10 times more delicious. Totally different flavor. Hunza apricots are fantastic. So I eat the apricot, they come dried, and then I take the stone, and it's an art to bashing it, not too hard that it goes wham everywhere, and just getting it so it cracks open, there's the kernel. And they taste really good when they're fresh from inside the apricot. And uh, uh, that's the way to do them. You need to eat probably at least six a day to get any effect. And there's some people who eat loads more than that. And if you don't want to do that, you can get the extract, which is Laetril, Laetril extract. And, you know, I wouldn't say that it is the answer for cancer, but it's one of them. You know, if I had the choice between using vitamin C or, 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 
or B17, I think I'd probably plump for uh, vitamin C as the way forward. But, you know, if you can afford it, do both and more. But cancer with a K, right, Clive? With a K, cancer spelled with a K. K. Yeah. Spelled with, not with a C, spelled with a K. That's yes. correct. Yes, it, it would be illegal to talk about uh, reversing cancer if you're not a doctor otherwise, which exactly. is why we spell it with a K, as you rightly point out. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Cancer with a K, folks, not with a C. I don't know what you're talking about with the C, and we don't know anything about that. Thank you. Uh, that was a great question. Last question on my side here, Clive, a quick one. I am a middle-aged man, I'm active. Uh, I play tennis uh, occasionally, but not regularly. I've, I eat fairly well. I have recently torn my hamstring and it's not healing up as fast as I would have liked. It's already been a couple of weeks. I've never torn a hamstring before. Um, so this is a new experience for me. What might be going on? Okay, um, well, it might take a while to fix. I would be eating the bone broth and chicken feet soup or, or anything like that because if you've got a problem with tendons and ligaments and so on, well, you want to eat tendons and ligaments and so on. You want to make sure you've got all that, all those glutamates and everything uh, going on. And uh, then I'd be rubbing in magnesium. I'd, I'd use the liquid magnesium and rub it in. I'd rub it in every half an hour or every hour or whenever you can, just over and over and over again to, because that loosens everything up. You know, because if you're stressed, you're burning magnesium, so your muscles and ligaments get tight. And it was probably that maybe you weren't warmed up enough or that you didn't have enough magnesium and that it tore because you weren't flexible and, you know, flexible enough. Um, so magnesium, I would think, um, you know, I mean, I take the capsules uh, and I take maybe three or four a day. That seems to suit me. But if I'm having a stressful day, I might take eight. You know, and a lot of people who are, I know, are desperately low on magnesium, I'd tell them to take 12 in divided doses, but only for a few days. Um, otherwise, what would I be doing? Well, comfrey ointment can be very useful. Comfrey is otherwise known as bone knit and bone set and um, diluted uh, wild oregano oil as an essential oil. You want to dilute it by, you know, maybe 30% oregano oil, 70% some other natural oil that you'd be happy rubbing in your skin. It could be rosehip or whatever. Um, uh, that, that will probably speed up healing. Otherwise, um, vitamin C is good for everything. Uh, fulvic minerals I'd definitely be using. Uh, what else? Um, again, I suggest you have a look on earthclinic.com. See what, see what pops up there. Because there'll be people who, you know, earthclinic is sort of a user-run thing where a lot of people say, well, I did this and it worked. I did that or I tried this and it didn't work. You know, that kind of thing is quite good. Yeah, that's a good good piece of advice there. That's a good forum, earthclinic.com. Uh, we definitely want to direct people uh, there as well. And, uh, well, look, we're going to wrap up. We're at the top of the third hour here and uh, finishing up for this episode, Clive. So I, I feel like, Clive, that there's so much, there's so many more questions here we'd like to field. Unfortunately, uh, we have to put a cap on it today. But, you know, I'd love to do this again, Clive, if you're if you're well, it's great. I enjoy being put on the spot, you know, and I'm not afraid to see if I don't know the answer. I'm quite happy to say I haven't got a clue. Mm. So I, I quite enjoy it as a sport. So, you know, it's like tennis, mental tennis. Yeah, no, you, you've been uh, incredibly generous with your time here, Clive, today and with your knowledge uh, and experience as well. And I think everybody appreciates it. So I speak for all our listeners and just want to say thank you for joining us for this Q&A session on the Sunday Wire this week. Well, thank you. Anytime. And uh, thank you, Hesher, as well, and to the ACR listener base there for uh, sending us some of their questions there on the Discord server and the ACR chat. We really appreciate your engagement with ACR and at the 21st Century Wire chat. Sorry to everybody who haven't got all, all your questions in, but we'll do this again. We'll try to schedule something in the future with Clive because uh, we really enjoyed this. This was really helpful for so many people. But again, if you want to check out what Clive has to offer 
run his online shop. Everybody is really giving it great reviews. The products there are high quality and you'll find something there. Uh, I guarantee you'll find something there that you probably need, not just what we were talking about, but other things as well. So look around at the shop, click through Clive DeCarl's name on the show page. Look for the Clive DeCarl banners on our website, on our front page, and also in the articles as well, especially COVID or vaccine or health-related articles. You'll see a Clive DeCarl banner embedded in all those those stories as well. And that's one way as well you can support 21st Century Wire. And uh, Clive DeCarl's store is a great affiliate supporter of this media platform. So we really appreciate you guys checking out what's there. And uh, look, that's all we've got time for. Again, thank you to Clive DeCarl. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. 